Welcome to Museum Way, the podcast of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. We're sharing all the ins and outs of the museum, from the galleries to the trails, the architecture, and more. You'll learn the Museum Way of Crystal Bridges. This summer, Crystal Bridges is the perfect place to celebrate art, color, and nature. In today's episode, we're talking to a very special guest, and our setup is a little bit different. We're actually recording right here in one of the reflection spaces inside the museum, near the end of the exhibition of Nature's Nation. We have a live audience. Say hello, everyone. Uh, many of whom are volunteers uh, to help tend our gardens uh, and our grounds. And speaking of gardens, I'm really excited to be joined by the ultimate gardener, TV host, author, conservationist, artist, and so much more, our guest, uh, uses his Arkansas home, Moss Mountain Farm, as an epicenter for promoting the local food movement, organic gardening, and a grounded natural lifestyle. So please help me welcome P. Allen Smith to the Thank podcast. You. Thank you, Chase. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. So uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, um, and for, for those of you that don't know P. Allen Smith, Google him. <laughs> That's all I have to say. You get all kinds of information, but, uh, but he's been for many, many years at this point, uh, a public figure on PBS, and he basically uh, has helped us reimagine the relationship between our gardens and our homes um, and helped bridge the gap between the two. It's almost like you've helped to bring nature in and to help take the home out, and, and it's been a really fascinating journey. You've influenced even the contemporary um, uh, industry of this today. Yeah, so thank you. And he's done it from his, his home on the Arkansas yeah. River. Uh, which, by the way, did you... Flooding? No problem. Uh, we're 350 feet above the river. So, um, sadly, our neighbors on the other side in the valley suffered, but we were fine. All but right. it's been quite a, quite a, we, 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 we thought we were going to have to start gathering the animals two by two. <laughs> <laughs> it's know? been pretty wet. It's yeah. been pretty wet. Yeah. So one of the things I'd like to hear about from you are uh, some of the projects that you're working on right now. Uh, you're a frequent visitor to Crystal Bridges. You've yes, been here many love times. It. You've Absolutely. done shows from here. From the very beginning, yeah. From the very beginning. And so you've watched the evolution. Yes. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about um, the projects that you work on, sort of your aesthetic philosophy and how it, uh, how it uh, mingles or merges sure, with ours. Sure, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, you know, the, my first book was called Garden Home, and it was, as you pointed out, it was about, it's, it's about that fusion of, of nature, uh, bringing nature inside and us spending more time outside. So I literally took my home in the Quapaw Quarter and I said, okay, let's fold out those rooms and let's create a series of garden rooms around the house that in a way reflect the interior of the house. And that was the basis of that book. And I outlined 12 garden principles, design principles that I use on every project. Mm. And it really made me focus on what, what do I call on in terms of the way I think about a space uh, in that book. And so I, I write what those 12 principles are, and that's sort of the core of the, of the book. But I do think this interface between nature um, and, and our indoor living space, the, the choices we make about our food, where our food is produced, how it's produced, and that sort of thing is terribly, terribly important. It's always been an important part of our mission. Um, we started talking about the, the local food movement 
uh, gosh, we're in our 20th season mm -hmm. of, of producing our PBS show, Garden Home. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were right from the beginning going to farms in California and Mississippi and Arkansas and talking about the whole, this whole movement that needed to get going. So uh, that's so been Sustainability important. is nothing new for you. Nothing new for me. I've just always felt like it's, very, been, it's a very important part of how we should live our lives here in this country. A couple of the projects that I'm very, very interested in presently, um, both of them involve integration mm -hmm. uh, and they involve um, this idea of diversity. And the first one is pollinators. We're very focused on pollinators. We have been for the past three years at Moss Mountain Farm. We have, we have seen a huge difference in the number of species, insect mm -hmm. species that uh, are now there. Butterflies, uh, the bird population has increased incredibly. Um, and so it's, uh, the, the, the farm serves as a, a laboratory really for us. Uh, it's 600 acres. I found it on the Arkansas River. Um, or it found me, <laughs> and um, so we use it as a, it's all organic, we use no chemicals, and we've just seen what taking that approach and working with nature, not against nature, mm -hmm. can do to, to really, and enhance and embrace diversity, what, what can happen. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really beautiful. It's been very, very uh, meaningful to me on a lot of levels to, to to, to put this into practice mm -hmm. and then to be able to observe it and see see what happens. And we're seeing summer tanagers. We're seeing, hmm. uh, you know, the the uh, goldfinches hang, are hanging around longer, you know, and we oh, love great. seeing indigo buntings and uh, mm -hmm. painted buntings. Uh, just lots of, lots of bird life that we hadn't seen before. And I use those birds as kind of an indicator of what's going on in the, in the landscape by, by, you know, no chemicals, uh, being careful about, you know, every tree we cut down, we plant two and, you know, mm -hmm. this sort of thing. Um, the other project that I'm, I'm interested, and, and part of that is about diversity, I, I should mm -hmm. say, I, and we use diversity, we use the plant and the ecosystems that we're creating, and we say there's a social parallel here mm -hmm. that, you know, we, the, the overall ecosystem becomes better mm -hmm. for us uh, biologically right. um, and socially. Mm -hmm. And so we use the, the garden as a way to say, look what happens here when we're diverse. So look mm -hmm. what we should be doing socially. Right. You know, look what diversity can do. You know, we, we, we benefit, everything benefits, all ships mm -hmm. rise. Um, the other project that we're, we're involved with that we're very excited about is this idea of, um, you know, we have this, what's called the silver tsunami. All these mm -hmm. folks are, are uh, reaching a point of retirement. And so I'm very interested in communities that integrate uh, uh, those of us who are maturing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, uh, <laughs> and and how, do we, how do we live our lives? And, and I think that the, this idea of isolating seniors to these facilities where they're virtually warehoused is monstrous. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm working on is how do we integrate community in a way that our seniors live among young families, young professionals, mm -hmm. uh, because I think these young professionals and young people could really benefit from the life history and the experience um, and the wisdom that a lot of these seniors bring to the bring to the bring to the the conversation. Right. And uh, when you when you, they're issued over here with a you know. A, a golf course or even not even that right. you know and they just sort of among themselves y'all you, you all go mm -hmm. over there 
It's, it's ageism. It just cannot happen. And I right. think that we live in a culture that is too divided already. And uh, we've got to bring the generations together. So we're working on several multi-generational communities um, where we're providing cottages and I believe in aging in place, community is important. So right. having that social life is a key important to longevity right. and happiness. And so we've got to be able to, to bring these generations together and let's get into a conversation with them. So the idea is to create spaces and then programmatic uh, components mm-hmm. that bring people together. You know, how do, the, how do you arrange the path where you're going to pass somebody and go, hi, and sit down and get into a conversation, and suddenly you have a friend, and, you know, they're 50 years difference in age, but mm-hmm. hey, look what I'm learning from this person. There was a CBS Morning News uh, piece that really touched my heart. It goes back about a year ago, and there was a woman who lived in the suburbs, and the suburbs can be one of the loneliest places in America Mm-hmm. in the American landscape. I mean, people pull into these places that have big wide streets. You could land an airplane in them, no sidewalks, people drive in their driveway, go in the garage, close the garage door, never speak to their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so here's this woman, she's in her 90s, and she's lonely. You mm-hmm. know, she's in the suburbs. And she writes to a young woman across the street from her window. She's seen this young family move in. Uh-huh. And she writes her a letter, uh, this, this young mother, and says, I, I need a friend, and I live across the street from you, and I'd like to meet you. And they become friends. And uh, this woman teaches. She helps even um, work with her children and gets to know her children and passes on that wisdom. And they were together for about seven years before the lady passed away. But wow. she became a very important part of that family. And so I think we're missing out on that kind mm-hmm. of dynamic that could really help change our culture for the better, make it, make it stronger. You know, I have, to, I have to say, age is, you know, another one of the elements of the diversity you're talking about, yes, right? Yes, it is. And so having Completely. the generations that mingle and do um, sure. learn from one another. Um, well, look at the forest. We've got the ancient trees next to these young ones coming up, and they mm-hmm. all benefit from one another. If you look at soil profiles, you start looking at the way what happens with soil and the importance mm-hmm. of soil. and the, the microbial activity in the soil. I mean, it's all, everything is connected. Everything in the mm-hmm. universe is connected. That's right. You know, one of the things that we like to think about here at Crystal Bridge is, is definitely diversity and inclusion. Um, and you guys are doing a great job with that. It has one to do a lot too. I really applaud you for. Well, thank you. It, it's very important to us, and you know, part of that is also uh, access, right? Yes. And this, we do have a lot of um, uh, older and aging visitors, mm-hmm. as you say, mm-hmm. and so. One of the things when we um, went to work on the, the North Forest, there was a great deal of planning that went into that project to ensure that we had ADA accessibility. Yeah, mobility is important. And that, that people would be able to get out there. Right. Um, you know, it, it's kind of daunting for those that have mobility issues to think, oh gosh, I don't want to go walk through that, you know, or I can't go walk through that. And so we've really tra- tried to tackle ways in which we can um, break that barrier. And we can say, if you want to go out and enjoy the forest, we'll help you yeah, do that. That's and so, uh, yeah, to your point on that, and I love, I love your analogy uh, between your garden, the way you think of your, your garden and your um, farm there, uh, as well as the social element. I wanted to back up and ask you a really question. Can you give me a couple of examples of pollinators 
that you're using in your uh, on your farm that to help uh, increase? Well, of course, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them, but the, probably the the top one is the honeybee. We started out. I'll give you an example. I bought the farm 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and we um, uh, set up a beehive. Mm-hmm. And I called a friend, um, and I said, "Ted, would you be interested in helping me keep the bees? Because I'm gone all the time." And what inevitably happens, I, and I used to live downtown and still do, and I had two um, beehives there, and people, you know, everybody went crazy. And then I got chickens, and they went crazier. <laughs> and I said, look, I live in a historic neighborhood. There was a cow here and a horse, you know, so don't push me. <laughs> and um, so the, the idea, we, 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 he said, look, he said, I tried bees there 20 years ago. He said, I, got, I had to feed them. There was nothing for them to, to feed on. Oh. So we had another beekeeper for about six years. Sadly, he passed away, and I called Ted again. I said, Ted would you come up and take a look? We're, we're actually doing pretty well with our hives. He was blown away. Well, now we have 11 hives. Oh. Ted takes care of them, and he's already taken honey off of the hives already this spring. Oh, wow. Uh, because there's so much nectar flow. And this is what I'm talking about mm-hmm. by creating this diverse landscape and by adding all these different plants. It's you know one of the benefits of being mm-hmm. a plant geek. We're also seeing huge butterfly, um, right. uh, and they hang uh, uh, populations, lots of different types of butterflies mm-hmm. and moths, uh, and also wasps. That I've never been stung. They're, they're not a problem. There's a wide range of native bees. The honeybee is not a native mm-hmm. um, animal. It was brought here by the English colonists in the 1600s. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, and they've just gone feral, but the feral bees, the wild bees, uh-huh. uh, cannot... Uh, live because of the colony collapse syndrome that's going on. Again, I believe it's because of the hand of man and climate change. Right. And so they're really ha- they're struggling. So we keep the hives there, one for conservation of the bees, mm-hmm. secondly for pollination, and thirdly for that delicious honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a lot of people think you know Winnie the Pooh was all about the honey, but he's really not about the honey. He's he's about the I'm getting really too granular here, but he's about eating the grubs, the baby bees. The baby bees. It's the protein when <laughs> It doesn't make quite as nice a children's story <laughs> as a jar of honey than a jar of grubs. <laughs> yeah, but we have Just to. Just a little that. aside. <laughs> we have to tell that story too, though, right? Yeah, that we do. That's an important part of it, right? So, last question for you You're an artist. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about your, your artistic past, your relationship to painting, I'm assuming? Or? I, I do paint. I have always painted ever since I was a child. Um, I have had very little professional direction. Fell in love with Turner uh, in high school mm-hmm. and went to Petworth House, the Earl of Egremont's house in, in, in Sussex, and saw the watercolors that Turner had done while he was there with the Egremont of the day, or the egg of the day, as they say. Hmm. And so I saw those, that collection, which was really fantastic, and I have never forgotten it. And so Turner's my man. I love William Turner, right? Uh, J.M.W. Turner. So he influenced my interest in painting, and um, I, I tend to work in watercolor first, and then I move on to oil and take those watercolor sketches and I've done several series. I love landscape. I've done this one collection of uh, big drawings, enormous vegetables that were on exhibition in New York. And 
then they had them at Sotheby's and those, I love the people there because they referred to them as my big ass vegetable series because <laughs> they were huge. And if you look very closely, they're, they're slightly decaying and decrepit and the, there's insects on them doing all sorts of naughty things, uh, which is kind of nice. And that's what they're holding hands and getting a little more familiar with each other than that. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, but that's the part of this whole cycle. And it was really inspired by all these organic vegetables that we were growing. And I just mm-hmm. saw these big, beautiful squash and pumpkins. And so I thought, let's just blow them up and dr- make big ones. I like doing big pictures, you know, mm-hmm. that, where it's sort of athletic, you yeah. know, you have to work on them that way. Uh-huh. Um, and then recently I was, um, saw the David Hockney exhibition at the Royal Academy. Wonderful. And that really changed my sort of way of thinking about the landscape and my, my, frankly, my view of Hockney. I mean, I sort of knew him from his California period, right. you know, the diver in the swimming the pool, pools, that kind of yeah. thing, you know. But uh, he's, he's so much more than that. And, and I really appreciate his, his take. He took one place in Yorkshire where he grew up and he just painted it in all seasons. And these, there's just a few scenes, but he paints them over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And he does it in lots of different uh, media and it's pretty exciting stuff. That's cool. Are you yeah. going to do that for your moss farm? Well, I do. Everything I do kind of comes from the farm. I do these river reviews. I go down on the river. I put a lot of off on before I go. Um, <laughs> and I do sketches and drawings of the river. And um, and then also from views from the top and looking at and the skies. I love skies. I love those 17th century Dutch pictures of you've got a horizon line that's, you know, this tall and you've got the clouds that are this big. And so yeah. I love I love doing cloudscapes. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they're, so, they're so monumental in person when you see the sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and Arkansas has great skies and sure great does. sunsets. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, P. Allen Smith, for being well, with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a treat to be here. No pun intended, huh? <laughs> no, last name is yes. Treat. That's right. Stay's <laughs> Treat. You are a treat. Thank all you. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you all. <laughs> <laughs>